And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, uneven, euphoric, mm. but yet also downtrodden weekend for the Brooklyn Nets. We're going to dive into that. Look at the state of play, the current state of the Brooklyn Nets, who are a nine seed. Mm. A nine seed. And we have amazing emails. Amazing emails for you coming up right after the intro music, Brian. Hey, Spike. You did it. to the glue guys this is mike here say hello brian hello check us out on twitter at bk glue guys that's daily.com the athletic get yourself behind the paywall the athletic.com slash glue guys up subsidiary of the new york times brian. michael i mean i guess the nets are i should Kyrie irving played at home the nets are back but it, i'm looking at the hmm. standings the standings are right in front of me right now doesn't feel like we're back it, does it in the old playoff format the nets would not be in the playoffs no. as we speak today Mike, it's it's we are our timing on this podcast has always been notoriously good. You know, we always have a way of of doing it just so. And I think that uh, in all joking aside, I actually am glad that we didn't pot after the heat game and we waited for the other foot to fall here. The other shoot to drop the other the two feet fall the, the other shoot to drop uh, for with, the diabetes to <laughs> char off someone's foot and for it to fall off. Mm. That's what that's what happens with diabetes. Dark. Dark. Um, the did you watch the Oscars? <laughs> the world is. I didn't. I just saw the one clip. How about that? Oh, like, you saw Coda's win. He really whacked him. Really got a good. Um, Are you Team Rock or Team Smith? Anyways, we can get into that later. I'm. I yeah. I I'm. I feel a lot of empathy towards Will Smith. Well, we were we were the Chris Rock last night at the end of that exchange, <laughs> Mike. We got we got slapped around, and it was a good. You know what what it was? How I felt after the game? I was like. Oh. Well, that's a reality check, you know, like we can, we can con convince ah. ourselves of this whole narrative that we're just going to coast right into the playoffs and have this, you know, fairy tale championship ending. And then it's like, oh, actually we have no continuity. Our star player did miss 75% of the season. We do have a lot of things that we need to sort out. Like it's just not going to, you're not going to fall out of bed and win this championship, Mike. I mean, the heat game, it made you think that that was going to be the case. And I felt Kevin very Durant much <laughs> alluded to it essentially after the game, when he gets up to the mic. After the Heat game, he said, what, we're irrelevant? That's the best team in the East? Um, and the Nets so thoroughly dominated the Heat. Let me ask you this. What's a more of an indication of where the team is? The Heat game or the New Hornets game? 
Uh, and that's the best part. It's like I, I don't think either of them in a vacuum. It's why we have to wait till this morning Ooh, to do Venn diagram to do a perfect. It's the Venn diagram. It's the it's the um, average of them both combined, Mike. That's that's it's what, the canal of the Venn diagram is. is where we're squeezing into. That's right. We're threading that needle. So um, so I would say we're neither. Jacking that <laughs> ass. Jacking <laughs> the Ooh, gap. Shout out uh, Bilga Abiri, uh, a ch- movie critic for Vulture, New York Magazine, who DM'd us on Twitter. I think people are really responding to your what is it hammerjacking? Well, you know where hammerjacking came from. I years ago went to uh, (laughs) did uh, tell me where the the etymology. There's hammerjacking. The origin story is there's a bar uh, outside of um, I don't know I don't know where it's like New Paltz or something, um, and it's called Hammerjacks. So that's that was the you know walking over Jack. Of course, Hammerjack, Hammerjack, everything. So that's that's you know I can't take full credit over. Uh, that portmanteau. Um, you like that? But uh, I have but it's no a good clue one. That means, but <laughs> it's it when you combine sounds... two two words, it's a, a portmanteau. There you go. Um, um, so, anyways, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just want to. So we've already said one scary Kittle shirt is uh, James Harden shirt. Hungry, horny Hooper. That was actually right. I have not like yet pitched that, and I think that that's got legs. I think that's and got it, really. Here's legs. my vision yeah. for it. You ready for it? Yeah. It's it's like a it's hungry a, hungry hippos. Kind of, it plays off of a skull. And it's Harden's face with the beard, but you can see his brain and different parts of his brain say hungry, horny, and then Hooper. You know what I mean? Like different parts of his brain. Your shirt, Brian Egan, hammerjack that ass. Yeah. Um, could be. Should I put it on a uh, on a tasteful cardigan? Like a brooch? Like <laughs> is brooch that, that bad boy? Is this um, a cardigan? I don't know what it's called. The Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Hey, Mike. Hey. So anyways, uh, I would not say it's either of those two things. I think it's it's the combination of the two that makes it really, you know, puts everything into perspective. Yeah. Um, for better or I, I worse. Uh, and also, I agree, Mike, but can Mike, I, please, can yeah. I shade more towards the heat game simply for, because it's the more positive take, right? And they beat the heat. They they embarrassed the heat on their own their own home floor. And then it's a back-to-back situation. Sure. And Kyrie was obviously feeling emotions. He had his worst game in his extended run as a uh, part-time player, now a full-time player officially. And thank God, I don't think I heard him say this post-game because it would have infuriated me if he was like, man, I'm really tired. Not used to playing these games so close together. I'm used to having a nice, luscious week in between. I'm used to having the entire first half of the season where I can just rest and play flag football. The proper form. It, most people don't know this. When Dr. James Naismith invented the game of basketball, he intended it for to be paired with flag football. Um, and Kyrie Irving's the living embodiment of that. Uh, Dr. James Naismith, also a famous anti-vaxxer. No, uh, but... <laughs> Sorry, what is this? Yeah, I don't know. The Oscars monologue? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Um, now, I, I honestly do take more from the Heat game, but it almost doesn't matter because the Nets are the ninth seed. They are the ninth seed. What is happening in this world? The topsy-turvy nature of the season is uh, uh, this past weekend was a microcosm of that where they beat the best team in the East in terms of record, and then they lose to the Hornets. And God, the Hornets made every three at the end. Can I say it's a, but the, here's the thing. It's, um, and I agree with you that like in terms of on-court product, that's, that's the, the heat game is probably more indicative of where we will be, should be, can be, whatever. Like I, you know, I, I have no doubt that the composition of the team is quite good and that we should be good. It's just all of the other, I think it's really hard to just punt on a whole half of a season 
and be bogged down <laughs> in the amount of drama that we have been and then just act like we can hit the ground running in the way that we all really hope and want to. Don't get me wrong. I'm not rooting for, you know, any more drama or especially not any on-court um, narrative about like, you know, can they come together in time? I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to put that out into the media ecosystem, you know, global coastal media elites. That we are. These aren't the talking points coming down from on high, Mike. Um, yet. Okay. Yet. (laughs) So we have to, we have to avoid it at all costs. And that was a really must win game. And we looked bad to like, we, it wasn't that we looked bad. We looked, uh, you know, like on the second half of a back to back, we had poopy legs. Incomplete. Yeah. Yeah. We had poopy legs. We looked incomplete. And frankly, the Hornets hit every three possible at the end yeah. of the game how about, that made it not even a contest um how about lamello like if he can actually be a good three-point shooter with that with that form it's really uh it's a it's a deadly weapon to just shoot from from belly button height to <laughs> at that speed if he can be you know if that could be a consistent thing for him he could be quite good anyways i was marveling well, at, well yeah. the lamello v james wiseman pick the fact that the warriors took james wiseman over lamello ball is is going to like pretty quickly James Wiseman's done for the year, and it's going to pretty quickly become one of the worst draft picks of all time. Now, I like James Wiseman. I like his talent. He's a super big physical dude. He doesn't play basketball, and LaMelo is, you know, 100% that B. He is, he's so goddamn legit as a player. How exciting is it that, like, LaMelo and Ja, there's so many... There's just so many young players in the league. I mean, frankly, Luca's how old is Luca? Like 23, 24. Yeah. It's pretty incredible that there's all these ball. They're all different in whoever, like you can, you can choose whichever palette you want to go with you, whatever flavor you want to dive into. Um, and all those young ball handlers seem to light up the nets. Can I, can, before we get to our email and we'll, we'll take a break, but before then, but do you agree that there was a Kyrie Irvin emotional Irving emotional, crux going on i mean he was six for 22 one from nine from three he did have he did have 11 assists so one of his best passing games in the season but it just felt like it was wearing on him i don't know being at home for the first time the emotion of it all he's a very emotionally connected person it wouldn't surprise me if um there was just something going on in his head that felt a little bit different. Do you disagree? You're looking like you disagree. Well, I don't know. I mean, I I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I, I have no idea. Um, wait, 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 wait. But I will say that I think that <laughs> I wonder if he was a little bit. Um, I could, well, here's the new. By the way, we got I got dogged for for, yeah, for posting up. cringe. So I'm not going to be. <laughs> you know, here's the rules. I didn't make them up. Post. Post cringe and lose subscribers. Okay, that's that's those are the rules, and I live by Pe- them. Well, it was, so people don't know the little magical chime behind this is our Usually manufactured attention drop. I sing Brian a cringy. Thing Brian over has it. been told many many times it's, that they don't like it. He only does it for me, just yeah. so everyone knows. Like, yeah. Brian does gift. that for that's me. It's a gift for Mike. Yeah. But no more. So, no more. I t- no more. I've chosen the people. Um, what the hell was I talking about before that all happened? I don't know. Andre Drummond was great. <sighs> God, I know I had something good. Shit, Mike, the friggin' manufactured tension. Well, you were talking about Kyrie Irving, and we're talking about oh, his play in okay. the game and how you yes, you you think I my know now. take is wrong. Yeah, I think your take is wrong. Well, no, I don't think it's wrong. Yeah. I just think it's. Um, I wonder if he, when he got to, I think in his mind he cooked up a scenario in which there was going to be like a five minute long standing ovation when he walked onto the court. <laughs> 
and and that like you know there was people had spoken about that there was like oh there's like a vibe in the arena and it was like uh, okay yeah there might be a little bit of an extra charge but it was by you know by the beginning of the first quarter that had well settled down into an average sort of late on a sunday barclays game where you know it's like a the first three quarters are going to be a little chill. It's going to be chilled out. And I don't, I wonder if it, it occurred to him for the first time that like, Oh, um, and, and this is also, I'm going to pair this back to his recent comments about like resigning and all this stuff. I like, Oh, maybe there was, you know, maybe it wasn't a unanimous us against them sort of situation where everybody's sort of just uniformly happy to see me back on the court. <laughs> <You> know, maybe, <laughs> maybe there is a little bit of, um, vestigial butthurt so and i don't know that that's the case it could be did you like that vestigial butthurt? <laughs> just you're you're killing it man with the with the annual analogies i don't know what uh to make of um, it anymore and and i think it can tie this back to last week when we discussed kevin durant's we were you know just basically gushing over over kevin durant's comments us, yeah. about longevity and you know not a week later Kyrie asked a similar question kind of does the same thing um Talks about he'll never, you know, we should talk about that. Reaffirms our basic thoughts on it that, hey, Kevin Durant's already done you such a big favor, so you can't, if if nothing else, you can't um, ditch him or whatever the case. Um, And I, it's interesting to me to to think that he may have followed suit on that in order to continue to turn up the goodwill dial where needed. Um, Or if that's just his honest feelings, too, that can be, I mean, I'm not saying it's Machiavellian in that way. It's not like a, you know, it's, it's, but we know Kyrie is an unreliable narrator at this point in his own story. And, and I think that like what's interesting about it is that where it's so lands for Kevin Durant, it also, there's a little bit of like, Thank you. You know, and thank you for saying there's still <laughs> appreciate <laughs> it. Appreciate that. But we're processing all this information. Right. right. There's still it's not it's not um it's not as cut and dry as it is with Kevin Durant. That's sure. that's how I feel about it. And that's and I hate I hate to say it because I like you know, I like Kyrie and I want him to want to play for us, and that all feels good, but it's also like, mm, this is some a bit of a unsettling partnership <laughs> whenever whenever you know you know fool me once kind of kind of situation like only 18 times <laughs> yeah. yeah shame on me um yeah. we should talk so Kyrie Irving bef- was it before the heat game he was asked you know hey it was the first time he spoke since mayor Eric Adams has allowed the exemption for athletes to play in arenas because it's good for the economy hey there we go capitalism baby let's do it um, and Kyrie said he was pinching himself that he almost didn't, couldn't believe it on Wednesday and Thursday as it was leading up because he, he's been told before he alluded to, he was told before that, you know, this thing was going to drop that the private employer mandate in the keys to New York city were going to drop. That's what he alluded to. And then someone, and then he started talking about before anyone asked him about the re-signing someone was that he started talking about how he loves what's happening in Brooklyn um, all this stuff about like long-term, long-term vision, blah, blah, blah. So then someone naturally asks, so are you going to resign with the team? And he eventually was sort of like, yeah, we'll have conversations. And he said it in a very nice way. I can't leave my guy seven. So it's a nice thing. Like you said, very nice thing to hear. Um, There's conflicting feelings on it. I think the team, regardless of how conflicted they would be, um, they, it would be a dereliction of duty to not just give him the max because what else are you going to do? If you play hardball with him on any level, 
and he decides, screw this. I was a, and this is his thinking, I believe. I was a good soldier and I didn't speak out whilst in hibernation while banished from Brooklyn, right? I was, he was, he's been fairly good for being as anti-vax as he is. Um, and if they are trying to be like, let's give you a three-year deal max and it'll be a mutual option for a fourth year, he's probably going to be like, I can get a full max in Sacramento like today and I'll just – You think that's I'll, what he'll do, go to Sacramento? I don't, I don't think yeah. the Nets have any – I don't think either side has any special leverage. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's now it's like they are married to each other regardless of what happens. I, I think Kyrie has leverage. And I'll Ooh. say I think he does because I think Kevin Durant is such a you know insane advocate for him, uh, and it could be an advocate at his own detriment to some extent. You know I don't you know we could we could talk about that, but I do think that there is a little bit of leverage on on that side of the deal. I do think so. He has the Kevin Durant piece. He has sort of like the if I leave, you can't replace me. Like my salary, there's no they can't bring in a max salary if Kyrie leaves unless if it's a a sign and trade where they trade him to whatever team, let's say it's Miami and trade him to Miami and they get Kyle Lowry at his d- diminishing age. Right? Like I'm just bringing up scenarios uh, or they trade him to the Knicks and the, the nets get like just Evan yeah. Fournier. Just so everyone um, knows because before you add us with this, that's not what we're advocating for. You know, no, that's we're not <laughs> advocating for it. I think what's going to happen is he's going to get the max extension that the mm-hmm. both sides want. And you just kind of you, you hold in tight and pray that over those four to five years that everything works out great and Kyrie's happy. Kyrie seems happy here. Even him being happy here still meant that he didn't play basketball. Those issues, the anti-vax issues, seemingly won't matter going forward. But who also knows? They may pop back in and then we may not have them again for basketball. Anyways, um, I it was nice to hear. That Kyrie wanted to be here, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't like be. Uh, I think there's a lot to be figured out. Basically, yes. let's do this, Brian. Let's take a quick break. Coming back, we're gonna hit your emails. We're gonna hit your emails. Netspod at gmail Hit them hard. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And we're back, Bri. Okay. Let's dive into the mailbag. First up, that's Cheerboy J. Cruz, Jay Cruz, uh, aka Bird's Eye View in the Dirty Stream. Shout out to the Dirty Stream. Uh, if you want to know what that even means, you got to be in the Discord, okay? And that the way you get there is through the Twitter bio. There's an invitation, a link that you click on, or in the YouTube description below if you're watching on YouTube. Um, <clears throat> Jay Cruz says, "Hello guys, love the pod, love you." Jay Cruz, question for you. <clears throat> Recently, Andre Drummond stated in his IG story he didn't know what the summer would look like, and he seems to be open to returning. Personally, I love Drummond and think he's a great piece for the team. What kind of bag should our boy <laughs> Drum Dog get? Thanks, Jakers. Great question. We talked about this extensively last night, actually, um, especially as you know he and Nick Claxton are you know kind of cresting at the same time. Um, yes. Mike, how do you how do you figure it all out? What do you think? Well, can I say something to you? Please. Would you rather pay Andre Drummond or Nick Claxton? And this is really, this was asking me last night and I didn't have an answer then. It's tough. This one's so tough. Drummond has been a true joy. I didn't expect to like him as much as I do. I mean, obviously, he's like, uh, everyone's a fanboy for him right now. uh, Or fangirl. Or fan person. Uh, Everyone's a fan person for him at the moment. And, uh, I mean, the Deuces thing was, I mean, like, how could that? Hilarious. That was so so special. A peace, a peace sign as a... Really good. Um, but anyways, so I, I like them both enormously and, um, gosh, it's so hard for me to decide. I really can't. I honestly just like, give me, can I have more time? How do I, how do I stall on this? Um, if I'm being a cold calculating capitalist, please, I need that. And let, so here's this, here's the scenario. I don't think we at one point talked about that. Nick Claxton was going to get something like, uh, non-taxpayer mid-level exemption money, which is around uh, just under $10 million a year. I think maybe next year with the cap going up, it'll probably be right at 10.1, 10.2. Um, that was earlier in the year when he was starting for this juggernaut of a James Harden, Kevin Durant-led team with maybe Kyrie Irving coming back earlier than we thought, and he didn't come back. Um, obviously, Claxton's had a journey this season, which included a mystery illness. But now he's firmly back in the rotation playing 15 to 20 minutes a game showing the level of defense that he's always shown in his career he's not like it's not his ceiling but he's showing hey he has a bigger ceiling to go i don't think he's going to get the 10 million dollar year contract i think that's kind of out the window i think drummond may drummond is like so he's a minimum guy right now but if i'm a a team like the hornets so the hornets have been a team that have been chasing a center 
for a couple of years now. There are still teams that even though centers are devalued, are chasing them. And centers' value are actually increasing because you have guys like Jokic and Bede, Giannis, who's not a center but sort of is a center in his way. Drummond has kind of gone through the evolution of he gets a big contract and then he becomes a minimum guy. And he's about to be a guy who's who's going to get a bag of some kind. So let's say it's $10 million a year and you cannot have Nick Claxton. I would go with Drummond. I would go with Drummond over these this three-year arc I'm going to have of Drummond mm. where I feel like Drummond over three years on a contending team with Kyrie and Kevin Durant and maybe Ben Simmons is going to be better for me than hoping and kind of praying that Nick Claxton, let's say he's at the $5 million mark, is going to develop into a consistent starting center. Love Nick Claxton. Oh, don't don't get me wrong. Aggregators, yeah. do not aggregate me and say Mike Smeltz hates Nick hates Nick Claxton. I know that 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 is very prominent is, in the aggregator sense. You know they love to do that with it's, me. It's the pancake versus waffles, you know, situation. If you say you like pancakes, somebody's like, oh, does that mean you you hate waffles? Then it's like, no. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling Stones versus the Beatles. That's yeah. 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 Um, do you have that? That's a tough debate in your life. The the pancake all the time. I get battle, that. I get it. I get dragged into that all the time. What are you? What side are you on? Pick a side. Pancakes, all day. Okay. No. <laughs> Excuse. Says you? a lot about your character. That's all I have to say about that. Um, so I desperately, I would love to keep both because if you had both Drummond and Nick Claxton as your center rotation for the next three years, that is. That's one of the better center rotations in the NBA. There's the Nick Claxton piece, which is like if you resign him and he improves and improves and improves, you could trade one of them down the road. Um, I just think it's going to be hard. Drummond, I think, is going to get some bag. A bag will be delivered. Okay. Nick Claxton is going to get a smaller bag, a bro- mm-hmm. uh, not a brooch, um, a, a change purse, oh. if you will. But it'll still be substantial. Maybe it'll be Louis Vuitton. You know, it costs you $300, but it's a change purse. Okay. Um, yeah. I want you to pick a side. Pick a side, Brian. Um, I, I think I've, I think you've convinced me. It didn't take that much. Uh, but I do. Sure. I mean, I agree with you overall that this, Nick Claxton's ceiling is still very much a, a prospect. Um, one worth striving for. And if there's a way to make it work, let's, for let's, both. let's do it. But um Gun to my head, one or the other. The proven commodity is Andre Drummond, and he's just been like super fun. And he's still young; he's still incredibly young. Um, and he's not setting the world on fire so much so that he's going to get a bag that's like we're priced out of necessarily. So it could be a perfect fit. I don't know. We'll see. But well, yeah. actually, I do need to. I do need to add this. I know we have a short limited amount of time. I'm pretty sure the Nets do not have Andre Drummond's bird rights. So mm. I'm almost 100 percent sure. They they basically can't bring yeah. him back for anything different than the taxpayer mid level, which is five million dollars. So everything I just said, oh boy, is basically like Andre Drummond needs to want to be here, yeah, because he's going to get more than a minimum. I think that's guaranteed at this point. So hey, Nick Claxton's going to be our center. Way to go! Next up, that's <laughs> cheer boy. That's Graham Siner. Always such good names. Um, so we hear a lot of talk <clears throat> about Nash being a new coach. He gets a lot of crap for his questionable rotations and lack of set plays. So we know. So we know who he's learning from. Interesting way of phrasing that. Uh, who, who? Who's yeah? 
Who's who giving he, him advice? Who is he looking to for advice? Is there an assistant who we should be looking to pick up? That's a rising star to help Nash. Something about the way Graham writes, I had a hard time with. But uh, thank you for writing. Anyways, Graham. Um, Mike, what do we think? People, I mean, this is the oft batted around, is Nash a good coach meme? Like, obviously, that's there. But, like... Um, if there if there is a system in play, and that's not a that's not a given, um, who is Nash? Who's Nash mentors? Who who does he remind you of? Where is he getting his ideas from? Is it Mike <laughs> D'Antoni? Did he steal Mike D'Antoni's playbook and then bastardize it? It's supposed to be Mike D'Antoni and I guess Steve Kerr on some level, yeah, because um, he was uh, like a sort of like uh, a uh, I don't know what what do you call him? What was he with the Warriors? He was like a part time coach yeah. on some level with the Warriors, he was like a consultant. Yeah, he's uh, a little Antonio, little Steve Kerr, but he's his own person. Um, I just think he's learning. I think what we all have to recognize is as smart as people like Chauncey Billups and Steve Nash are, and Jason Kidd was at one time considered an extremely smart basketball player, LeBron James has talked about before Kidd was ever an assistant coach with the Lakers, LeBron would extol the virtues of Nash's intelligence. Um it's way different to be a head coach. And Nash is learning. I think he's doing a good job. The rotations are weird sometimes. And the uh, the, the, the the who's on the floor in sort of key moments, mm-hmm. like the James Johnson-ness of it all. Um, but I still think that no one could have handled this whole situation better than Stephen Jeremiah Nash. Right. Well, now it's the second phase, right? Of or it's beginning to be because he still doesn't have Ben Simmons. He'll always have that excuse, you know, of like not having a complete <laughs> team. Um, although it was weird, we talked about this on the Dirty Stream, <clears throat> which was uh, like they made a big deal about Lamarcus Aldridge being available last night, and then he didn't play, um, yes. which was an interesting choice because I think you know I think we could all see the uh, the utility in having a sort of zone busting big to you know plug away at the elbow it's a helpful thing to have in in a situation like we were in last night and it just didn't didn't ever happen which you wonder if that's like a personnel management sort of thing or if if he was actually available and then not or you know what or if steve nash just didn't see the value in it which that would be troubling that's what that's what always happens it always seems like there's that that lack of clarity leads to these types of situations um sure next up next up is cheer boy that's Gregory Johnston. Uh, this is piggybacking off of what you were saying, Mike, is why James Johnson, like ever, his defense is overrated, gets blown by on ball, loses focus off ball, he can't shoot, <laughs> and while his ball handling is okay for a forward, him having the ball and coughing up an awful turnover or shot is almost never a good answer. Please explain why he ever plays a single minute over Blake or Cass. Greg Johnson It's pissed, Mike. Uh, Angry. <laughs> Here's who you should be mad at, Greg. Okay, yeah. Gregory, listen up. Listen up. Be mad at Ben Simmons because oh, the second no. Ben Simmons is playing basketball, we're never going to see James Johnson again. He will just be a, a, a smiling face on the bench, which is uh, I'm not sure about I, smiling. He might be like he seems like a happy guy. He does seem happy, but he seems like I mean that it's not. I wouldn't call it just smiling. It's he's got this sort of serene. Uh, I don't know. It's like how people on LSD look. That's sort of how I think. <laughs> Sorry, sure, I, don't, sure. I don't mean to call him out. <laughs> You think he's doing LSD every I think He's um, doing the duck in. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I understand. I, James Johnson is just the symptom of like the uh, 
the the IR nets, you know, the injured reserve nets, the fact that Kyrie was like he, all the guys that have been out all season. James Johnson wasn't expected to be as big big of a part of the rotation as he is. I do. He brings stuff. He brings stuff to the floor. More mobility on defense. He's as good of a ball handler as Blake. Kessler Edwards v. James Johnson isn't really fair because ultimately I know they're both wings, but they play different positions. They play different parts of the floor. They're actually really like opposite. And we were talking about this last night. It's like James Johnson isn't three and D. Like he's everything but. He's only <laughs> utility. Whereas, you know, Kessler's trying to graduate beyond just. He's dribble and chuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, and so, yeah, so they're like, and Kessler Edwards is trying to graduate out of the three and D, um, you know, pigeonhole that he's in a little bit because I don't think he's actually like super duper wanting to just be that three. Uh, yeah. And it's, when his three's not falling, he's like, I do want to do some other things out here. Um, yeah, I've been in his, yeah. his ball handling was a massive issue coming into the league and yeah. it's improved already. Not that it's great, but it's improved, um, which makes me excited for the future of Kessler Edwards. Next, Next up. up. Cheer boy, that's Matthew Abramovitz. I'm going low today. I'm going low. Um, hey guys, two part question: What are your predictions for the last seven games of the season? And do you think Ben Simmons comes back in any capacity this year? The big questions. All right, last seven games. Here it is. Let's go. I'm going to go through the schedule. You can tell me if it's a win or a loss, Brian. You ready? Yep. Detroit Pistons. Nets home Tuesday. That's a win. Bucks Thursday night. Nets home game. I'm t- that's a win. I'm doing it. That's a big W. Saturday at Atlanta Hawks. <sighs> I have no sense of how the Hawks are playing. I know. I I, I can. It feels I, like a loss. I see them in my newsfeed all the time, and it seems like they're doing well. But I can't. Yeah, I don't know. I can't tell. Was it? Say, say, are they good? Pick it. Pick a win or loss, buddy. Uh, let's let's go. Let's go loss just to keep it keep things okay, honest. Okay, two and one right yeah. now. Uh, then they get a couple of days off. Tuesday at home against the Houston Rockets. That feels like a win. That's a that's a chunky win right that there. Be. A back to back. Then they play at the Knicks. I hope ba- that's back a win. to back. What's up with all the back to backs at the end of the season? Jeez, um, killer. Maybe I hates the Nets. Yeah, I guess I guess it's a win because the Knicks suck. But yeah, let's call it. Okay, we're a win. five and one, buddy. Yeah. We're streaking. Uh, Big game Friday home tip against the Cavaliers. We got to lose some of these games. Though. I can't. This is going to be nope. too homerific. Say the word. This is <laughs> the Nets have the easiest schedule to finish out the year. Do they of all the teams? Yeah. It's like a confirmed. I, thing. I don't know. I think Alex Schiffer tweeted that. Yeah. Shout out. I mean, I okay. Let's just put the uh, a loss on there just to, to be fair. No, you gotta <laughs> go with your heart. Okay, fine. For my heart. Okay, so the Nets are six and one, and I think six and one, and then they finish the season against the Pacers. That's a win. That's a, win. a home game. If we go, a- if we go seven and one to finish the season, uh, I mean that surely puts us in the eighth seed, right? And and I, if I'm Nash, I do the classic like they. He needs to do a big motivational push here. Be like, okay, we played a back to back. We were emotional. We were in Miami. Uh, we got that big win. Yeah, we, we lost at home. Kyrie had his home debut, though. We almost won the game, but it was close. Here, fellas, here's what we need to focus on. If we go, let me just make sure. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Five, if we go six and one to end the year against three of those games are against tanking teams for sure. Another game is against the Knicks who, you know, let's just, let's be honest. Let's kill. <laughs> Classic. Hey, Roy, can you go upstairs and ask mommy to help you? 
Is that okay? That's staying. That is um, staying. Oh, here's my dog. Okay. Anyways, six and one. If the Nets are six and one, they're only. I one. mean, let's say five and two, six and one. A little cushion. Okay. Um, the Nets. That could be big. That could be very big. Um, okay. Okay. And and Ben Simmons part. I mean, I'm just my, my vibe right now is that he's not going to play for the rest of the regular season. I don't. I, I, know I think let's keep our like let's not do the thing that we've done throughout our entire podcasting career and hold you know hold a, a torch out for anybody anymore. Like I just you know play. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Let's just pretend like it's not going to happen and and move forward from there. You know, like Kyrie is not going to get approved. You see how like hardened <laughs> I am now. I'm just, I'm just hard. I'm a hard road dog. You know, following this team. Like, Mike, get us out of here. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself behind the paywall. I think it's only like a dollar a month for six months type deal. Like, jump in now because we're gonna having mock drafts in the NBA by Sam Vecini, mock drafts in the NFL by Dane Brugler and Bruce Feldman, who's one of the greatest college football writers of all time. Wow. All the great NBA content, you read Alex Schiffer and all of his fantastic stories. He had a really good story about Bruce Brown's evolution during the season um, with some really good tidbits on from Kevin Durant's perspective and coaching perspective. So much more to dig into the athletic.com slash glue guys, which is a subsidiary of the New York Times. Um, that's it, Brian. Thanks, that's everybody. It. Thanks for having me, Mike. Bye.